0: Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 362.
1: I dared to think that maybe one day someone could pay me, but to be honest, I still thought it was like a far-fetched dream.
0: Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thanks for joining me here today. You may hear a hoarseness in my voice in the intro and outro of the show. I caught a bug, not COVID luckily, but still decided to record because, as the saying goes, the show must go on. I had to come into the office today anyway because we're expecting a huge ribbon shipment this morning. Let me fill you in if you're not aware. My other company is The Ribbon Printing Company. You'll hear more about it in the mid roll of the podcast today. Anyway, one of the products we offer to support our ribbon printing system is our own line of ribbon. In other words, we make our own, not resell another brand. I created this line about eight years ago or so now. Because I wanted consistency for quality printing, and what I found available on the market just wasn't doing it for me. So we took control ourselves with our brand of ribbon called Pretty Print. Anyway, when the ribbon comes in, it has to go through customs and my logistic company, of course. But then my office is in an older building in our historic downtown district, and I don't have an elevator. Great for working out, but not so great for ribbon delivery. Anyway, I need to hire a moving company to bring the boxes from the big semi up two flights of stairs to our office. It's a whole ordeal. Boxes and boxes and boxes. Thousands of rolls of ribbon, and it's heavy. Why am I telling you all this? I guess back to my raspy voice today. I have to be here, so I might as well get things done. Anyway. I can't wait for you to hear Nadawa's story. She is a perfect role model for us, portraying desire and determination once she sets her eyes on a goal. You'll hear her demonstrate this over and over again. She decides she's going to do something and gets it done. We discuss how she worked through her initial fears, the ones we all have, about whether anyone will even want or buy our product to managing through a high-profile first order without having any systems in place yet, mind you. Then she shares her experience of setting up her Etsy shop and figuring out how to go from complete silence on the sales front, crickets, to now over 10,000 in orders. And gosh, there's even more. So without me spilling all the beans, let's jump over and hear about this all directly from Nadawa. Today, I am so looking forward to introducing you to Nadewa Floek. Nadewa helps crafters learn how to use digital art to make handmade craft projects for their families and friends. While living in France as an expat mom, she started making digital illustrations as a way to use her artistic skills and be creative every day she saw that she could reach people with her art and help fellow artists, crafters, and small businesses with their projects. So she started creating SVG designs and selling them online. She now has over 10,000 sales in her Etsy shop. Did you guys hear that? 10,000 sales, all while still working a nine-to-five job. Now she runs her business as a full-time mompreneur doing school pickups, drop-offs, and running a household from abroad. Nadawa, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thanks, Sue. I'm so glad to be here. I am really excited to hear all about your story, and we're going to do that in one minute. But first, like to do something a little bit different and very creative here on the show, and that is to have you share with us a little bit more about you by way of a motivational candle. So if you were to envision a candle that would be all you, what would it look like by color and quote?
1: Okay, so for me, my candle would definitely be red. It might have some glitter in it.
0: (laughs) Glitter's good. You can have glitter.
1: (laughs) And the motivational quote that would be on it would be, it always seems impossible until it is done. And that's a quote from Nelson Mandela. And It just holds so true to me because there's been several times in my life when I always felt like things always seemed impossible. And I'm sure, you know, everyone listening can relate when the challenge ahead of you, whether it's something that someone else might say that it's a small thing, it's not a big deal. It still seems impossible to you. And people will tell you, you can't do it. Don't even bother trying. It's impossible. And then you actually take the steps and do it. And then you realize, you know, it is possible after all.
0: Oh, interesting, because I thought you were going to take the approach that you were the one telling yourself it was impossible. But you're right. There's also outside influences that even if originally we have a dream and we're really excited and, you know, we're in our little cocoon thinking about it. And then if we tell somebody about it and they are not as enthusiastic as we are, that's horrible. The dream can get totally squashed. Yeah, there can be a lot of
1: dream, dream stompers, dream squashers, unfortunately. And sometimes you have to be your own biggest cheerleader. And that can seem impossible at the beginning. But once you keep plugging along, you realize, okay, I'm taking these little tiny steps. And I've reached this first milestone, and I've succeeded, and you can just keep going. And then all of a sudden, you turn around and you look and see how far you've come.
0: Yeah. And I love the optimism. And what you're saying is it is possible. And gosh, what if you don't even try? you know, and you live your whole life wondering. I'd actually rather try and not have it work and then decide to either adjust it or move on to something else than never to try. Oh yeah, I'm
1: totally that way. And like once we'll get to talking and I'll tell you a little bit about my background, I live by that. Like I don't want to regret all the things that I didn't do. So I'd just rather maybe regret something that I did do, maybe think about and they say, oh, well, maybe I
0: shouldn't have done it that way, but at least I did it. Right. That brings up another thought. And I'm just going to say it here, even though it might come up in your story too, is if we run into barriers and let's just say something doesn't work, you know, and everyone is afraid to use the word fail, but we know we tell ourselves that I failed at that, whatever. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That just means the one thing that you tried didn't work. So it's not like you as a whole person are no longer any good, could never succeed in anything. You just have to find your quote unquote thing. All right. So let's do this. Let's talk about your story. Just start wherever you'd like, where you think is the best place to start.
1: Well, in the bio, you mentioned being from abroad. So people might be wondering, like, what does she mean by that? Why abroad? As Sue mentioned, I am an expat. So I'm an American, but I live in the south of France. And I've been here for the last 15 years. I met my husband online and I ended up moving here.
0: Did you guys have a back and forth relationship where you visited each other for a couple years or something first?
1: It was really quick, Sue. <laughs> we visited each other, I'd say, for less than a year back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I say I'm that, that type of person who's like, you know what, I would just rather jump and go for it than regret like not having done it.
0: Yep. We've established that you are a risk taker right there. <laughs> Yeah,
1: but we did chat for several months before either one of us got on a plane to go anywhere, (laughs) of course.
0: Sure. You were still smart, but you were willing to try it. All right. So now you're together in the south of France. So jealous, by the way. But go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't we be doing this interview live? Like, I think I just need to come and see you.
1: Yeah, exactly. We might have to do that for, (laughs) for the next one.
0: Okay, so there you are.
1: So I'm here and I'm just, you know, living that regular mom life just somewhere else. I have two kids, taking them to school, you know, picking them up, dropping them off and also working an office job. And along the way, one day I go to pick up my son from school and I was talking to him, asking him, you know, how's your day been? And he just seemed like not really himself. And he told me, oh, Carnival is coming up. And Carnival is like a parade festival that they have here in the month of February. So think of like Halloween where kids get dressed up. But we do that here in February, like nowadays, like all the kids to like, dress up as like superheroes and things like that. And my son told me that he wanted to be Batman for the Carnival Parade. And his friend told him, well, no, you know, you can't be Batman. Like Batman's not black. And so my son was like, who is, is mixed? Because my husband is white. And he was just devastated. And so I said, don't worry about it. You can be whatever you want to be. I went to the craft store. I went and got him some felt, made a mask. I'm like, you know, on Pinterest, like looking up, how do you make a mask? And
0: now you're going to make the best darn (laughs) costume ever, right? After that.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like I made him his cape and everything. He went, I think it was like a week later in his costume and so happy and so proud. I'm going to have a picture of him somewhere. And I was like, I will say, you know, not to brag about myself, but I was pretty darn happy. Yeah, you can brag. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, with my homemade mom costume, I was pretty darn happy about it. So he went and he was just so excited that, you know, he got to dress up as his favorite superhero. And it got me to thinking, like, okay, well, maybe his friend was thinking this because, like, he doesn't see a lot of superheroes. Like, at the time, there was, you know, it was before, like, Marvel had started introducing all of these, like, different multicultural superheroes. He he probably just doesn't see a lot of these different cultural characters in public. And I'm thinking, okay, what can I do with my artistic background to change that narrative? And I just thought, okay, I can draw. So what can I do with that? I started looking online how I could make digital drawings, because up until then, I had only been drawing like I've been painting on canvas. I've been drawing in sketchbooks. And it was a challenge for me, because just like anything new, we kind of talk ourselves out of it, thinking, oh, this is like the younger crowd. Like, you know, maybe you're too old to do this. But every night I would sit in front of my computer after the kids were in bed and just give myself 15 minutes and say, OK, for 15 minutes, you're going to focus on this. You can do it. Follow this tutorial, even if it doesn't look perfect, even if you have to like rewind a 100 times just keep going. And I would do that for several months. And so it went on for like maybe six months, eventually. (laughs) So you were teaching yourself online through YouTube videos or? I was using YouTube videos. I was using like tutorials that I bought, like different courses, just trying out anything that would work for me and seeing like what would stick. So eventually I started to make things that were, you know, recognizable and not just like (laughs) blogs. And I think I opened up an Instagram account, or I probably had my personal Instagram account at that point where I was just posting pictures of my family and things. And I was scared. I will not lie. I was scared to post my artwork because I was afraid of the potential criticism. Like, what if someone laughs?
0: Yeah. And you're not selling anything at this point. You're just going to show the images that you had created, right? Exactly. I'm with you. Okay. I just wanted to show like my friends and family because I also had like
1: some family members who were cheering me on too. They're saying like, you know, we know you've done art your whole life, how come you're not doing anything now? So I also wanted to show and share that with them, especially since most of them are in America still and you know I'm here in France, so we don't get to see each other as much as we used to before. And at least with social media, we can still share pictures and things like that. So I posted up started posting my images slowly but surely
0: and I was getting positive feedback, and it felt so good. I can only imagine, because you're getting reinforcement for what you've done. And you were proud, obviously, of your images, or else you wouldn't have been posting them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You were validating that people were resonating with the images. Had you already decided that if this was working, you would monetize this in some way? Or is it still just getting your creative passions out to people?
1: I dared to think that maybe one day someone could pay me, but to be honest, I still thought it was like a far-fetched dream. I thought like, oh, you know, that's not real. Like artists don't get paid. It's only like a one in a million chance where someone's actually going to pay you to do artwork for them. So it was like this deep down, this dream of mine, but I didn't really believe it at the time.
0: Okay. So it was a concept of thought, maybe something, it just sat in the back, just kind of percolated in the back a little bit. All right. So yay, people liked your images. So that's amazing. What happens then? People like them. And
1: then one day I get a DM from someone on Instagram saying, can you make an illustration for me of Michelle Obama? And I'm, first I was kind of shocked. And I'm like, okay, I don't know this person. <laughs> How did they find about about me? Like, is this like someone who knows me? Or is this like a joke? Is this like a prank? Because I was still doubting myself and my skills at that point. But it turned out, you know, it was a real person who did really want an illustration because he also had a small T-shirt company and he wanted to put that image on a T-shirt. So then I was excited, but then I was also panicking at the same time. Yeah, because now it's getting to be real. Exactly. It's like that thing that you wish for. And then you're thinking, uh oh, what did I get myself into?
0: (laughs) Do you know how he found you? Did you ever figure that out? He is actually was his cousin
1: or his wife's friend knew my sister because they live in the same state in America. And my sister had done like some art summers programs where I think like his nieces or nephews had gone to. But we did not know each other. We have never spoken. I think at the time, like the way the algorithm was like, maybe you were still being shown things from like people that you know that know someone else that you know. And that's probably how he saw my drawings.
0: All right. So through kind of a distant connection on social would be the way to say it. But I think this is a point that I want to just stop and talk about for just a second, is that so often when we get started, we don't want to tell anybody what we're doing. We're actually connections, word of mouth, or like you said, being connected on social and you showing things on social, whether it's Pinterest or wherever. Some of those are the very first business clients we get to be able to test out how things are going. So tell me what you think of this. But I think sharing a little bit of what you're doing with people who are in your immediate sphere is what you should be doing. You shouldn't just be keeping this a secret. And then you're going to show it online to potential cold customers. You want to tell people what you're doing.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what I tell my audience now is that it's fun to make things by yourself and maybe your little craft room and just keep those things to yourself and maybe give them out to like family members. But if you know that you have that drive inside of you, if you know that you could actually make something out of it, you have to get over that hump and put yourself out
0: there. Okay, so what happened with the Michelle Obama image? At that point I'm kind of mini freaking out because I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, because it's also a known person image. Yeah. I can see why you'd freak out. I'm with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, can I even do this? It's like, Is it going to be something that's actually going to look like her? Because in my head, so you know, all of the negativity starts jumping out at me. But I convinced myself, okay, if this guy contacted me, it's because he liked what I'm doing and I can do this. But the next step was, okay, how am I going to charge him? How's he going to pay me? I had no concept of like, how that could be done. And that's actually where Etsy entered into the picture for me because it was his idea to put it on Etsy. And he says, oh, why don't you open up an Etsy shop and you can make a custom listing for me and I can pay you that way. And I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I can do that. I have no idea how to do any of that at
0: the time. But thank God you did and not put him off and say, oh, you know what? I'm not ready for that yet. Thank you very much. I'm not ready. You just decided to dive in with two feet and figure it out.
1: Exactly. So I just hop on Etsy and I start reading okay, how do you open up an Etsy shop? How do you hook up your bank account with that? It wasn't something that was so impossible to do because I figured okay, there's so many people on Etsy. And Etsy was a platform that I had used already, but as a customer, not as a seller. And I opened up my shop just from this one customer who wanted a personal illustration from me. And it was amazing to me that I could reach someone on the other side of the world and start. A quote-unquote business because at the time for me
0: it was a quote-unquote business and what year was this this was in 2017 all right so not that long ago five years we'll call it little less than maybe five years depending on the month okay very exciting and yeah I mean I think that first contact and you setting it up and seeing that the whole thing worked I would imagine just opened up your mind to what is possible it did. I was
1: still shocked from, from the fact that it could happen and that we live in this digital age where things
0: like that are common everyday events now. So did you and your husband have a, like a mini celebration when it worked?
1: <laughs> I was already celebrating. I was running around like, you know, telling everyone in the house,
0: like my kids, my husband, <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> calling up my cousin, like, oh, you won't believe this. This guy
1: ordered something from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yay. How exciting. Exactly.
1: All right. So now what? So then I do the illustration for him, he pays, it works out just fine. But then I have this shop and I'm thinking, okay, I need to start putting some other things in there. I can't have a shop with one thing. And I start making clip art and I think I had maybe ten or twelve things in there. And I just kind of like sat back, folded my arms, and just like waited for the sales to come in. Sue, that is not what happened. (laughs) It was
0: crickets. Okay, thank you very much. I've been talking about this. Actually, when this show airs, I've been talking about this a lot last month. So, yes, keep on. And I'm so glad you said that. You already saw validation with even that one sale, but you can't just put things up and expect people to know about it, even an established platform like Etsy. Okay, so no one's coming. Did you get discouraged?
1: No one's coming. I, of course, I got discouraged. And I was thinking, okay, maybe that was just a fluke maybe all the maybes, all of the negativity started creeping up again in my head thinking, oh, you know what? That was just a fluke. You should just let it go and just like stick to your day job and it's just never going to happen. But then I started thinking, okay, you know what? All these other people who are on Etsy and I can go in their shop and see that they're making sales, there must be something to it. It is possible to do it. And I started looking for help. So I started taking courses from other people who were Etsy experts who were selling well on the platform. Because I think we also tend to think that we can do everything ourselves. Sometimes you can. Sometimes there are some people that, you know, they can just bootstrap everything from A to Z and that works for them. But that doesn't work for everyone. And I think there are times when we do need a little bit of help. So I reached out to different people, started taking their courses and learning about, like, how do I get my products seen on Etsy? Even before thinking about how I get my products seen on Etsy, did I have the right products on Etsy? Was I making things that people wanted to see and buy?
0: Oh, very good point. Like aligned with the audience who's on Etsy and what are they looking for? Exactly. Up until that point, I was just putting
1: out clip art that I thought was cute. And, you know, I thought in my head, well, that's pretty cute. And there was like no cohesion to it. So it was like a whole bunch of different things. Like one day, maybe I feel like drawing a rainbow, and then the other day, maybe I'll draw a hammer. It was just a mess. And I finally talked to someone and listened to their advice, and they guided me in the direction of, okay, what kind of products do you see that are selling on Etsy? What kind of products do you want to make? What kind of audience do you want to attract? All of those different things that I think in the beginning, you don't necessarily know and you don't know that you don't know it. And so it's good to get help to find out how to do it. So I changed my shop direction completely, started looking in areas where I could find people that were looking for the things that I was interested in making, and, things that they wanted to buy i would go on facebook and look in different forums and just like look at the questions that people were asking like they were saying oh you know i can't find an illustration of a grandma or like an african-american grandfather and i'm thinking ding 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 ding." you know light bulb (laughs) this is something that you can do put that in your shop those customers are already there so listen to the people that are making these requests because that will get you the sales that you're looking for and you know what, Sue? So it worked. <laughs> people started buying things from my Etsy shop. My SVGs started selling once I had like changed my shop to SVGs completely.
0: So isn't it kind of amazing that when you offer what people want, you start getting sales <laughs> versus <laughs> trying to convince people that they want your product? Yes. I mean, that's a huge point I see, because there are people who are makers can make a million different things. But until you validate that there's a market, people are interested in buying, not you pushing it and convincing them, but them being attracted to you because of what your products are, it's so much easier.
1: Yeah, we make it so difficult when it doesn't have to be.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you are providing so many good points here already. I am so excited to keep going here. For people who are on Etsy, I'm going to guess, because I don't want to sit on this topic for too long, but I'm going to guess you also educated yourself on Etsy. Like how do you put keywords in so people will find your shop and find your products and the imaging and all of that? You did all of your learning about that also? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Was there anything that was surprising to you that you learned as you were getting prepared for your shop on Etsy? Like any major one single tip about selling on Etsy that you could share? Other than than listening to the feedback from potential customers, if you
1: don't have any customers yet, and maybe your first customers that come in the door. I would also say learning about how the platform works. Like you were saying about using keywords and tags and all those things. In the beginning, that was also something that I just completely ignored because I figured, I don't need to know anything about that. Etsy handbook guide, I don't need that. I can do this. I got it. But when I actually started looking into that and joining the Etsy forums and listening to other sellers and just reading the material that the platform puts out for people,
0: it just changed everything. Okay, so good point. First off, and I've heard this before, that Etsy has a lot of really, really good support materials. So you can go right there and find it. And did you see that then when you were implementing those concepts and what you were learning that you saw traction and things started growing in terms of your Etsy sales? I did. And okay. then I realized, okay, this is also another light bulb, like take advantage of
1: the resources that they are openly sharing with us. There was another program that they set, sent an email about called Etsy U, where if you're a current seller on the platform, they were looking for people to come and be Etsy U, like you as a university, coaches. And so I thought, okay, well, why not? Like I'm not the self-professed expert on everything, but they are reaching out to me as a potential seller. And maybe I can learn something from this too. So I did participate in it. And that was like, I think two years ago, but it was a great experience.
0: So were you teaching something that you'd learned on Etsy as well as learning?
1: Yes, I was teaching a webinar course on search on Etsy. So using SEO to improve your search results on Etsy. And the thing was like Etsy like provided us with a lot of the information That we were going to be able to teach, and they gave us the resources. And we were able to also charge for this webinar in conjunction with Etsy. So it was a win win for everyone.
0: Okay, so how did you get over the concern about can I do this? I know you said, well, I don't know everything about Etsy, but I know some things, and I've started seeing success. I'm going to see. They're reaching out. Did you just one day decide, okay, I'm going to do it, and you submitted and you didn't think again, or did it take you a while? not has a lot more to share and we'll get to that right after a short break to hear from our sponsor yes it's possible increase your sales without adding a single customer how you ask by offering personalization with your products Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com.
1: Well, I'm impulsive. So I figured what's the worst going to happen if they sent me the email out because it was just like an email from their newsletter and they're looking for for sellers. And I said, OK, well, hey, I checked the box. I'm a seller. They sent me the email. I'm just going to reply. I'm going to apply to become a coach and see what happens. And they said, OK, yes. And then it was like the nervousness kicked into again at that point, because it's like
0: the thing that you asked for. But now you've already committed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've committed. And I said, I'm going to do these webinars. and I'm like, oh, how do I set up like a oh, you know, slideshow webinar? But it was fine. The thing is, like, I think we also talk ourselves out of doing things because it seems challenging. It seems too complicated. But when we're actually doing it, we realize it's actually not that complicated.
0: Right. And I love the fact that you committed. Do you follow Mel Robbins? Do you know who that is? I have heard of her, yeah. So she has this concept. It's 54321. And virtually what it's saying is you have five seconds to talk yourself out of any decision. So for you with the Etsy teaching, like 54321, just press that button. Don't even think about it again. The next thought's going to be if you get accepted, and then how do you make it happen? But if you give yourself too much time to rethink, you're going to rethink yourself out of anything. That's what our conversation right now is reminding me of, is her 54321. And then just a final question then I want to get off Etsy because you have so much to tell us. (laughs) Were you able to then reference your store so you were getting additional visibility by being an instructor too? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like they
1: mentioned that in the email, but I think I was just so excited at the point that I was applying. But I did benefit from getting additional exposure to my shop, being featured, I think, in their newsletters for courses that were being offered. And I got to meet other Etsy U teachers who I still have a relationship with some of those people. So it was a good opportunity in all of those areas.
0: Yeah. And the credibility, positioning you as an expert too. Yeah. Because you're an expert at Etsy. That also follows through with all the other things you do for your business. So you're an expert at your product also. It encompasses everything. Yeah. Okay. So tell us more. Let's keep going with what's going on with you. So now Etsy's up and running. And how did you get the word out? How do you spread? Continue from there.
1: So Etsy was up and running, and then I don't remember where I got the idea from, that, or where I heard from that I should start a blog to kind of support what I was doing on Etsy. I started my blog, and once again, it was like from ground zero, not knowing anything, making a ton of mistakes. And you think like at one point I would learn like, "Not only you've already done these mistakes, like why do you keep going back and making the same mistakes?" But starting without knowing anything. And then going back and getting help for that. So the same thing happened with my blog, where in the beginning, there was no traction, there was no traffic. And I was just thinking, this is going to be great. It's going to send me so much traffic to my shop and crickets again. But I didn't stop from there. I went and sought help again, (laughs) learned about how to get traffic to my blog and how I can use that in connection with my shop and promote myself. So it's like, it's a continuous learning process.
0: For sure. And so I'm thinking what you learned is SEO and directing people over to the shop, things like that.
1: Yes, definitely learning about SEO, learning how to use social media, like things like Pinterest Mm -hmm. to get traffic to my blog and my shop, Facebook, learning how to use video. So all of these things, it's like little by little, these little nuggets were coming and adding on to like what I've already established in the beginning to help grow everything.
0: Right. I think what I am continue to hear from you, and I get the fact that you say that I should have learned, but that's just your nature, right? I mean, I see it. You're a doer. You have an idea, you decide to do something, and you get started, right? And then if you see that it's not working then you go back and figure it out. But at least you've started something versus thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I guess that's what I really want to underline right here is you might not know everything, but taking that action to get started is so important. So with the blog, were you then putting it on your own website or where was that content residing?
1: So yeah, the blog is like completely separate. It's on WordPress. Once again, that was something I started out on a different platform and eventually migrated over to WordPress and WordPress is like, for anyone who doesn't know about that, I'm probably going to mess up like how to explain it, but just, it's like, it's an independent place that you can have your blog. It's not sitting on like Etsy or something else like that. Because Etsy does give people the opportunity to have a blog with them, but I didn't want to go that route. But is it a WordPress.org site, not WordPress.com? I always get them mixed up. It's the one that's independent and the one that like you have to pay for hosting I always get them mixed up like which is which.
0: Okay, so that's .org, which is important. So WordPress is a platform where you can build your whole website if you like. I'm just talking for people who are thinking of starting a blog. If you go WordPress.com, you can't do anything else with it. Like you can't add shopping carts or actually build out a full functional website. So if you're considering a WordPress account, make sure it's WordPress.org. But just not .com for sure. Big warning signal. Unless you just want to write and put things out there. And that's it. But if you want to build it further, which those are the listeners, people who are in business, right? So yeah, WordPress.org. Wonderful. So now you have your Etsy site and you have your WordPress site where you're putting the blog. How are you deciding what your articles were going to be? What you're going to write about?
1: that's where SEO comes into play, not only SEO, but SEO and also what my customers want to hear and how I can help them. So sometimes they would come from customer questions, like questions that I got from people about how to use an SVG, what kind of machine they can use it on, just things like that. And it's also questions that I would see in different Facebook groups that I was a part of where people would have a question or an idea or something that they were maybe stuck on. Some of those turned into like my biggest blog posts.
0: Yeah, and I've taken a look at that. And you have a very well built out library of blog articles. So how often are you adding to your blog right now? I would say now
1: recently, since I've just started going full time with everything, because up until now, up until like the end of last year, I was still working part time in the office for someone else and then working on my business. And so I was putting in maybe about two to three blog posts per week. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And now I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? Because even now when I think
0: I have so much time, I'm like, I can get out just two. That seems like enough for me, though, with all the other things that you're doing. Because not only do you want to write the article, just like a website when you were talking about putting your product on Etsy and then you have to tell people. If you write a blog article, you also have to tell people. You have to market the article too, right? So it's not just writing it and putting it up because, again, people aren't going to read it unless they know it's there.
1: I want to tell you Sue. I do get help with the writing part of it because I knew I wanted to leave my job and I knew I needed to get more traffic and get more sales. And to do that, I said, okay, I have to like get help from the outside. So I do use a content writer to help me write the blog posts. So that person does that and she actually writes the majority of the posts, but even then, there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot like putting in the pictures, putting in video, formatting everything, adding affiliate links, choosing like the titles. It's, it's still a lot of work, even with a content writer.
0: Yeah. And the whole strategy of what are the articles going to be about and all of that. No, you definitely need help. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is part of the overall strategy and you're still providing value to your audience. And it's still coming from you, too, because I know you read them before you let them go. I mean, you have to see them. So, yeah, that's all good. Okay, so let's talk about the entrance of Pinterest in particular. I have to tell you, Natawa, our audience is so interested right now in Pinterest. You know, it used to be everything Facebook, Instagram, all of that. And I'm not knocking it. (laughs) You know, there's a lot going on over there for sure. But Pinterest is becoming more and more of something that people are, like, stopping in their tracks and paying attention to now. And it sounds to me like you've been looking at Pinterest this whole way.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Pinterest. Like, if I could put, like, a big red heart on it everywhere, I love Pinterest. (laughs) And even though it's recently gone into a lot of changes because of other social media apps that have come along, like TikTok, and now everyone, you know, is like, oh, you've got to do a video. I still support Pinterest and it still supports me. It's the biggest traffic driver to my blog and to my Etsy shop as far as social
0: is concerned. Interesting, and so share with me a little bit about how you're using the platform and what you're doing with it. In the beginning, I would pin straight from my Etsy shop.
1: I don't know, a lot of people may not know that they have this feature in Etsy. Like in your back end of your shop, you can choose like social and then you can pin things from your shop straight out to Pinterest and that was working well for me but then once i started using my blog i wanted to like add more to that and i would make pins so basically like the same way that you have a post on instagram or something like that but i would make the pins using an outside resource like canva and then post that onto my pinterest boards and i realized that they were getting a lot of views people were saving them people were clicking on them and coming back to my blog reading my articles getting my tips and I was just getting a lot of traffic from there. So I just kept going with that. So I would make what they call static pins, which are just like non-moving images. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing videos. And the videos, like, they weren't complicated. At the beginning, They're just like slideshows that I would just download as MP3s, MP4s. I feel like I might be getting a little too technical <laughs> or maybe not. No, that's okay. Okay. Yeah, I would just download them as little MP4s and pin that on to Pinterest as well. And that just kept getting more traffic. But recently they have shifted over to what they call idea pins. It's sort of like what Instagram is doing with Reels and what TikTok has, and I think even Facebook is doing Reels now. So there's still pins, but they don't link out to let's say your shop or your website they kind of keep people on the platform, which people aren't used to Pinterest doing that because Pinterest before in the past, it was more of like a search engine than social media. Like people go there because they're looking for something. So they have things on their homepage that they've already searched for before, or they just type into the search bar, let's say that they're planning a wedding or they want to shop for like uh, decorating their house and they want like candles or like wreaths. And they would type that in and they would get all of these pins. And then before people were able to click on that pin and go straight to your shop or straight to your website or straight to your blog. And now with the idea pins, you can't necessarily do that. Well, at this time, that probably could change in the future, but it does have other benefits to it. You can link affiliate um, links to them. You get like followers with them, which actually lead people to come back to your main Pinterest page, gets you more visibility that way. And from what I've been hearing, this hasn't happened to me personally, although it's the idea pins are still working great for me. Like I'm using them and I'm benefiting from the affiliate link side of it. But people that I've heard about are getting sponsors. Like they're getting sponsorships by working on Pinterest. They put their idea pins up and maybe like there's some brand that sees it and they think, okay, I want to work with you with my, I keep going back to candles, (laughs) candles on my mind, but maybe they make candles.
0: Oh, that works for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They make candles and you have a blog, like maybe you're like a mom blog or something and they want to sponsor you. So it's like, you don't only have to be on other programs like Instagram or TikTok to get sponsors. You can do that on Pinterest as well. And they've also got this live option, which I'm hoping to get into. <laughs> so for right now they're picking people who they want to choose to, basically you get a slot to come onto Pinterest and demonstrate live something that you do. So for me, it would be digital drawing. Maybe for someone else who has a cooking blog, it would be coming on there and making a recipe, like maybe your favorite chocolate cake. So they are picking certain content creators right now to do those live videos. That is like my Pinterest love.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I think you should watch your emails because when they start asking for people, you just have to click the button right immediately and then you're there. (laughs) So quick question, I'm not understanding what an idea pin consists of then.
1: So I would best explain it by it would be like a reel. Because from what I've seen on Instagram, like I don't use Instagram that much anymore. I just use it like as a consumer and not so much as a creator but they are like continuously scrolling. Is that right? On Instagram? Yeah. So you look at one of them and they're usually video because like everyone's pushing video and you'll look at it and they'll be the same thing on Pinterest. So it'll look like an image or a video, most likely video of someone demonstrating an idea of like how to make something or how to do something, or maybe like a shortcut for something or a tip. And it'll have maybe three or four or several different panels. So like you can click to see the different pages scrolling by. And then as soon as it's finished, you can save it. You can click into it to see that creator. Otherwise, if you don't do anything, the next idea pin will just scroll up on your phone. It'll just keep going. So the same way TikTok does, the same way Instagram does.
0: Okay, but then there's no text content there.
1: You can have text content. So the same way that you do on the other platforms, you can make your video and put text in the video. You can be talking in the video. There's sound that can be added to it. Mm-hmm. But no clickable text then? Oh well, yeah, there are no clickable links.
0: Okay, that's it then. All right.
1: Oh, you know what? Before I say that, but I did mention that you can add clickable links that are affiliate links, but you cannot add links that are clickable to your own website or your shop at the moment.
0: Okay, but obviously people can track back to your board and your Pinterest account.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, how do they know that it's an affiliate link versus your own link? It won't
1: pick it up when you're making the pin. Mm -hmm. At least for me, it might be different for other accounts, but and from what I've heard from other creators, when you go and enter in the link, it won't accept it. It won't stick to it if it's not an affiliate link.
0: Okay, interesting. Very interesting. I'm actually going to have somebody on uh, several weeks from now to talk more about Pinterest. So that'll be interesting. And as always, like these things change, like these platforms keep changing. So you're talking about what your experience is, good in the moment. And obviously, Pinterest as a platform overall is working so well for you. So I love hearing more. I keep marking little clicks in the Pinterest column because so many people talk about Facebook and Instagram all the time, right?
1: Yeah. People love Facebook and Instagram. I mean, I still use Facebook a lot. I do like live video on there. Instagram, not so much just because for me, I'll tell you like the reason why I really use Pinterest is because it's long lasting. I can pin something on there and I keep getting traffic from pins that I made three years ago. And that doesn't happen for me on Instagram.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just started using Pinterest maybe just about a year ago now. And the platform is just so much different. It feels actually much better to me, too. I don't know, because I'm not going after and pursuing follower counts. I'm looking at who's looking at my pins and all of that. You know, we've had some that have really taken off, too, which is good direction. So for everyone who's listening, if you have not looked at Pinterest, go back and look at some of the podcast episodes I've already done on Pinterest. Listen to what Nada was saying right now. And definitely at least consider it for your business. For sure. All right. So what do you see happening next for you? Like, where are you going? What are you doing? What's your plan now that you're full time?
1: Now that I'm full time, it sounds so weird.
0: <laughs> but I'm <laughs> loving it.
1: <laughs> I'm focusing a lot on my blog because that's where I'm getting a lot of success. Etsy, of course, is not going anywhere. I still have my designs and my drawings over there. And then I also have a course that I am also focusing on because I have people that once they read these articles on my blog, for instance, they're asking questions and it's like, I can't answer all the questions in the comment box. It's just too much. So I want to promote my course to people, get them to get the help that they need with that and eventually maybe also create their own shops and maybe start a side hustle of their own or start a full-time business of their own and maybe possibly grow that into like a larger community of women as moms that were just like me in my place. I think of where I was a couple years ago, if I can help as many of those women in that position that know that they want to do something with their creativity, but they just don't know how. So I'm focused on trying to reach more women like that.
0: I love that. Learning from someone who has already done it is the absolute way to go. And not everyone has your skill about just not being exactly sure how you're going to do it, but knowing that you want to do it and going forward. Not everyone will do that. So having you as a resource who can help them, I think is going to be really, really valuable to a lot of women. Love that you're doing it. <laughs> I look forward to hearing what happens more with that. The course is already available. As you're expanding it, there'll just be more to come is what yes. I'm hearing. Wonderful. Well, where can people go online and see all this?
1: They can find me at Paperflow Designs, which is P-A-P-E-R-F-L-O Designs, with an S on the end, dot com. And of course, you'll find me also on Pinterest and Facebook, all under Paperflow Designs.
0: Wonderful. And I suggest to everybody, go take a look at her Pinterest account. So you can kind of merge what you're seeing then with what we've been talking about here. So that is fabulous. So, Nadawa, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing all of this. Your story is so interesting. And I just love what an action taker you are. So, hopefully, we have like pushed out that vibe to others who are thinking about they're wanting to do something and it's time for them to take action. Just do it. Definitely. <laughs> Wonderful. Any final comments for our listeners here?
1: I would say, just like Sue just said, just do it. And what I mentioned with my quote before, it always seems impossible until it's done. Like, keep that in mind that it seems impossible. Like, that mountain seems high. But once you just start from the bottom and take those little steps, you'll look back and you'll be looking at the bottom of the mountain and thinking, I have done it.
0: (laughs) Wonderful, fabulous way to end the show. Thank you so much again for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Sue. It always seems impossible until it's done. So true, right? Natua's story is one of encountering and overcoming business development challenges. Something for all of us to recognize. It's not just you who faces obstacles. And it doesn't mean you should stop. It only means you need to find the way past it. Just like Natua does over and over again. Up next Saturday, I have a really special show coming your way in honor of International Women's Month. I know you're going to love it. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, let me know how it's helped you, something new you've learned, or suggest a topic you'd like to discover more about. Just add it as a review on whichever app you use to listen to the show. I read every one personally and absolutely use suggestions as guidance for new guests and topics. I know on some apps it can be really confusing to figure out how to leave a review, so here's a link that might help you out. giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash review. Thanks in advance. There are other ways to show support for the podcast too. You can visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, t-shirts, water bottles, and even more. They all feature logos, images, or quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we just added some new products to the shop. I found Turnaround to be quick, and the product quality is top-notch. Only the best for you. To take a look at all the options, go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases go to help offset the costs that I incur in producing this podcast. And now be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time for the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've Got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.